This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You're listening to the ifanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 91, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, the Netflix.com, and Comical.com. Live from San Diego. Sort of. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. It's the 91st episode. And if you were here in San Diego, you might be thinking, but this isn't what I, I saw. Um, you may or may not know that uh, we, were gonna do, we, were, we did do a live Pick of the Week taping with a, a bunch of uh, listeners and, and people hanging out. Uh, we'll just suffice to say there were some technical difficulties. Um, it didn't work. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's going to be lost to the ages. So if you were there in San Diego, um, we hope you enjoyed it. And for the rest of you, um, we're going to try to recreate the magic in our <laughs> hotel room. So, um, so It was, was a lot funnier when we saw it the first time. <laughs> so that was Josh. I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And uh, sorry about the uh, – for everybody that was there. You but know. if you weren't there and you don't know what the hell is going on, ifanboy.com is a website that we do. And uh, we are big fans of the comic books. We read a lot of them uh, every week. Uh, we read all of our books, and then one of us is assigned the, the, the task of picking the best thing that they read this week, um, and uh, that would be the pick of the week. Before we go on, uh, we'll, we're going to talk about the books that we read, so if you haven't read yours, pause this, uh, listen to some Muzak, read your books, maybe come back later afterwards, and then uh, you'll, you'll find it more fulfilling and less frustrating. So uh, Connor had the pick this week, and uh, give, it, give it to us. Do they have to listen to Muzak? Yep. Or can it be music? No, they have to listen music, to music. music. Right. It has to be It's either Beach Boys songs. Okay. The Beatles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, the pick of the week this week was was uh, strange because you, when you go to San Diego and you, you, you get your comics in the midst of all this madness, right? So you, you, you don't get to your normal comic book reading routine. We read our comics by the pool, and um, some of us read them in the hotel room while there was lots of madness going on. So it's, it's, it's a little bit strange to do the pick. I read a bunch of books that I thought were very mediocre – and um, some were good, but 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 nothing really blew me away until I read Warren Ellis's Crazy. Very good. Which, he looked at me for for yeah, is that correct? For, and and my my high school French, of course, I'm an expert. So yes, there you go. So 
This is a 48-page one-shot from um, Avatar, which Avatar Press. Avatar Press, which um, normally I'm not really a big fan because they they seem to have a strange art style. Yeah, I don't really know what Avatar is doing as a publisher. Yeah. I mean, I know they've put out a bunch of stuff. Warren Ellis, Garth yeah, Ennis. Warm, Wormwood, the Chronicles of Wormwood. Yeah, they've got some but interesting But sort of the other there. stuff is is uh, adult. Yeah, in the more mature. Of, yeah, yeah, I mean, like some of it's kind of creepy. And I guess well, I, I that that Warren Ellis Black Summer book, whatever, with yeah. the, where the, was, the, was the superhero. Yeah, that was Avatar. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's Wormwood by, by Garth Ennis right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, well, something I, else I with numbers, been, yeah, agent I something. I haven't been really impressed with any of those. Uh, offerings, but I loved this. This was kind of a strange postmodern trip through French and English warfare in the 14th century. So it's a one shot. It's a one shot, and black so what, and white, 48 the... pages. The premise is um, 1346, the English army is uh, uh, burning and pillaging and raping its way through f- northern France. As an offensive measure against being invaded right. by the French into England. Right. And we are. We are Going along with a longbowman, William uh, something, William his name is, and he's he's narrating the the trip, and he's telling us about French weapons and battle tactics and the history of the warfare and animosity between France and England, and um, it all culminates in, in in the actual Battle of Crecy, which is where the French army met the English army, and um, the English army routed the French, even though they were they were on they were they had less troops and and. and uh, the, the French did. It's a very significant battle where they, you know, that was where the, you know, the, a lot of things were learned right. at that time. I learned that I don't ever want to be in a battle with longbowmen. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, I was very Lord of the Rings esque when, right. you know, like when remember when the elves yeah. lined up all the longbowmen and Great just shot moment, the, yeah. the rain of arrows. Yeah. I mean, that's really was warfare in the in yeah. the 1300s, and it was really interesting to see how longbows versus the crossbows of the French worked right. and the intricacies of that. No, this yeah. was this was almost like a history class, but it was very entertaining because mm-hmm. he went. I mean, there was a section where he went through each different arrowhead and yeah. how. This arrow t- was was used for shot shooting straight off plate armor, and this was this this arrowhead was shoot you know for long distance shooting, and this is this is what was they dipped their their swords in shit before they stabbed each other, and so that they would so you get a, a suffering festering wound, yeah, or they dipped the arrows in, in dirt so they'd get so that when you got shot you get an infection. So it was like it was very fascinating to learn, um, and it was done postmodernly. That the the narrator knew we were there and knew we were in the future was explaining sort of everything and yep. he made I really like the point he made up a, a point to say you know people in the 1300s weren't idiots they were just as intelligent as we are now they just didn't have the mass cumulative knowledge that we do now right. and and so he explained their technology I guess as it were at the time and it, I, when you mentioned Lord of the Rings one of the things that I, I always loved about those battles was that you could see the actual tactics of the battles like yep. the ladders were laid there yep. so that the people could climb up and then stuff was dumped down on them and it was all for a purpose, it wasn't just a bunch of people clashing on a field. Right, as we as we often when we think about medieval, that's what we think of. We think of guys on horses and swords just kind of hitting each other when there was actually a strategy in place, and it was interesting to see kind of like a behind the scenes kind of that point of view. It was also uh, interesting just to learn that um, one of the English kings mandated that all able-bodied men practice longbowing after church for, on Sunday for hours, two hours every Sunday. Yeah. Or something like that. That was well, because because that was the thing is that at the time, I mean, like very much like the draft and stuff like yeah. that, anybody was. Anybody would join the army. It's almost know. like the Israeli army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the art, uh, Rallo Caceres, um, it's almost in a style that emulates old etchings. Woodcuts. Woodcuts. The, the, 
It's it's very very detailed. There's a lot of sh- heavy shadow work, and it's also very somewhat flat, but in it's, a good way. It's like cr- it's like cross hatched and very very delicate pen and ink. Yeah, little etchings, just like tons of little marks that make up everything. And there's a couple of big spreads that look like old etching, like bad, like yeah. the troops marching through the woods and things yeah. like that. And I thought it was really well it well it was well suited to the story. This was one of the most innovative comics I've read in a while. It was totally entertaining. I mean, there was a, there was a story, and there was a battle, and a bloody, bloody awful battle. But at the same time, you learned why the battle happened and what's significant mm-hmm. about it. And it was really, really well done. This is the kind of stuff that I, I'm really happy Warren Ellis is doing. He should do way more of it. Yeah, I, my guess is he probably wants to. Yeah. You know, like this is it, it's stuff like this. I, w- I wonder all the research that had to go into it's stuff like this and like yeah, fell and yeah. You know, the, these books that he you can tell he loves doing them, and and you can with his work, I can I can you can tell the difference immediately. The stuff that he's totally into and the stuff that he's doing, you know, to pay the rent or whatever. And I just it's unfortunate books like this probably don't sell enough for him to pay the rent. Um, and it's good that he's got companies like Avatar and and even, and even Image to print his stuff. You know. Right. Uh, another black and white book that was literally going to be the pick of the week until I read Crazy last was um, Queen and Country 32, which uh, – what did Josh – Josh, what did you say to me when you came I, running I, into my hotel room? I read about halfway through it, and I was – and I've been reading this book all along. I've, I'm, I, it's one of my favorite books, and I, I was like, boy, what I wouldn't have given him for one of those uh, – Marvel refreshers. Style, Marvel style re- yeah, and, and also, in this book, there's normally a, a lineup of heads, just yeah. like in Checkmate. Yeah, there is. It says who everybody is. It wasn't in this one, and it, it's honestly, it's been so long since the last issue. I don't know. It was right after I moved to New York, so it's been, it's been a long, almost a year. We're only at issue 32. And this it's, book's been out for like four years. Yeah, and this is the last one. Yeah, how, how to kick in the gut for that. The very last yeah. page is a little essay from, from – oh, the lineup page is here. Oh, damn. In the back page. Um. There's a little essay from Greg Ruckus basically apologizing for the schedule of the book and saying how hard it was and then telling us we'd see the, the next series. This is the end of series one. Series two will start in late 2009, early 2010, which, uh. thanks. See you in three years. Well, there is a novel. You know, there's yeah. a novel that comes there's before. There's a novel coming, too. There's a novel that comes before this storyline and then a novel that will come after this yeah, storyline. Game and um, Private War. I've read both of those. Um this was this was this was almost the pick because I I've been you know we've been follow, Josh and I've been following these characters for forever. I read the books. This this was a very cathartic moment for the main character, who um, just erupts in a just savage, yeah. violent incident. They're in like a, a they're basically being held captive, and, and and you're looking at this going, how are they going to get out of this? And all diplomatic tracks are failed, and all. Uh, Crocker, who's the the deops, he's the head of their their agent section, has tried everything to get somebody to go in, but they broke rules getting there, and just basically they're screwed. Yeah, they won't help the yeah. And MI5 and Tara Chase, uh, the main character, just just well, as as they're about to be executed, her her, her and her partner, right, and, and someone else and there, the, the journalist that was kidnapped yeah. with them. They're See, this is the problem is that I'm trying to remember, well, and it's been it's been, been, been like it's been literally years since the last issue. And it's not that the art is bad or anything; it's just that I thought it was a little ink heavy. It is. I think that one of the things about this book is that every arc um, has had a different artist. So consistency between these people who are just people. So if you have two blonde characters, it's kind of difficult. Well, not just arc. This is. I don't think this guy did the other two issues. Did he? I don't. Unless unless he did a totally different style because it wasn't this ink heavy before. And I'd like to be more of an expert on this book because I love it, but it's, it's hard to um, keep going. Anyway, so she goes nuts and and just, and just kills the bad guys. Destroys the kidnappers just just brutally. Um, just, but um, this that was that was going to be the cathartic sort of 
um, goodbye, pick of the week for Queen of Country, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it didn't work out that way. Um, but but it's we're still, still talking about I it. I love Queen of Country. I'd, I'd, I would urge everyone the, to buy the, the trades. The good news them. is, you know, if you're not reading it monthly, um, you can go out and buy these trades, and you're not going to have any of the problems we just yeah. talked about. You're just going to be able to read right through them. And, and, and I bet and, you it's a, it's a lot better like that, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Green Arrow Year One. I don't. This would have been my pick of the week if not for Crazy. Green Arrow Year One Number Two. Yes, yeah, sorry. It comes out all the time. It's hard to keep track. Well, they're on like a two-week schedule. Yeah, apparently got it done all ahead of time. Uh, this would have been my. This would have been my second runner-up. I would have gone with Crazy as well, just because I, I nothing like it. Uh, as I said uh, when I when I opened the book, I'd say maybe two pages in, I would I would have Jock's baby. Were it, <laughs> were it scientifically possible, Josh if, would. If he needed sire me to do that, you, you'd, you'd carry the child. This is a book, and it's unlike any other. I'm not like a splash page guy, yeah. but these pages literally reach out at you. They're beautiful, and they they they're dynamic and they're they're vivid. You you turn pages and you you kind of you hop back like a, a half a second on these. Well, there's that one where you turn the page and he's pointing the arrow at us, mm-hmm. and it's just fantastic. Jock is Jock is dynamism. That's did I say that right? Dynamism. dynamism. He is that personified. I think his artwork, um, and I think I, I think the last issue, of the art wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be, but this issue really kicked it up a notch. I think. Well, that was my that was my point about in the in the first issue that I had heard great things about Jock's art, and I've seen some of it here and there. But it, it, I think it was actually the first comic that I read that he drew that he illustrated, and I wasn't that that impressed. And right. you guys, you know, kind of balked and said, "No, he's great," blah blah. But this issue, I really kind of see it. I mean, yeah, like yeah. in terms of, and also David Barron's colors. Um, it works well. They're kind of palish. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is that they, what I think is really interesting is that they really because I mean, at this point in the story, you know, Oliver Queen has been uh, betrayed by his friend or partner or co- you know associate, well, bodyguard, yeah, bodyguard, yeah, and thrown overboard on a boat, and he's washed up on a small desert island. And so we're watching him kind of cope with, you know, realizing that he's stuck on the island and, and finding water and finding, you know, finds like a, a lost, um, a lost uh, encampment and builds a bow and arrow from there and, and starts trying to, you know, you know, you know make fish, fire, yeah. you know, shoot fish, get food, that sort of basic kind of things. And we kind of see, you know, as the days go by, the colors and the it's almost like a filter over the art that kind of reflect, you know, you could tell when it's high noon. Right. And you can tell when it's you know when it's dusk, and you can tell when it's early morning, and even like little things like there's a page, there's a page early in the book when he's got a foot in the water, and it's almost like you know the ankle goes in the water, and you see the ripples of the right. foot being in the water, and you don't see the foot, but you you see the shadow of it in the water, and it's just it, it's just so detailed and One so really well done. One of the best really things well about modern comics is the the, col- the leap in coloring. Yeah, I, I this so reading this book, I actually I went back. I was like wanted to see who colored it, right. and it's David Barron, who I'm not entirely familiar with, but um, it worked really Some, well. Somebody worth watching. Yeah, I, this this uh, we, we'd also mention the fact that this is gonna make a really nice trade. Yeah, um, the reason why I, I really like this book, but the reason why when I closed it, I thought, you know what, that's really good, but not to pick of the week is because it's a little thin for an issue. Mm-hmm. I think when you have all four of these together, which is somewhat it's to the be fantastic, which is somewhat because of Jock's art itself, I mean, you know, also the scripting. But the pages are very, uh, I would say, sparse, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But you know, if you wanted to, you could zip right through it. Um, and so, issue by issue, it doesn't feel like there's a lot there. But Sunday is going to be a four issue trade, and it's just going to be a great I'm trade. So sad that it's not six that they changed it. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, but it's really interesting because that point, like, because you know, the other year one that that I've read before is was. Um, 
was the, the Batman Year One, which right. was like a three issue series in the pages of Detective Comics. Right. So, and but I read that as that little three page mini trade kind of prestige format one. So this format, you know, seeing it in issue to issue, I see how it would read better as the grouping. Yeah. Um, and how like because the thing is, is that if I mean honestly, like in this issue, they I felt as if they sped up the whole adapting and building the bow and arrow. I would yeah, like to see more. Like there's time, there's a time yeah. shift. He suddenly was better, but uh, obviously they're building up so a slightly d- tweaked. Yeah, exactly. So now we get into the um, the, the fight, the dispute the, the, portion the, of the uh, show. We we sometimes we we finish our books up and, and we do a very brief. Hey, what'd you think of this? And what'd you think of this? And I and I was like, so what'd you guys think? Of Immortal Iron Fist number seven. And and Connor said, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron said, it would have made a great story in an annual. Yeah. And, and I said, uh, I really liked this a lot. I, I, I three little bears. Or I had a Gold ton Rocks? of fun with this. Oh, well, yeah. See, they're anti-fable. Because what this issue was, was basically, it was a fable about the world of, of the Iron Fist. And it was the story of an Iron Fist from the past and exploring the, the mythology behind Iron Fist. Um, the Pirate Queen. And basically, this was a, a sort of a one-off issue between arcs, uh, hopefully, I guess. Um, with a whole bunch of guest artists doing bits and pieces of it, presumably because they wanted a, either a different style for it or you know maybe just to give uh, David Aja a little more breathing room or something like that. I, I really enjoyed this. I guess I didn't feel the need to be hurried along uh, Danny Rand's quest right so soon. Um, well, that's Ron, Ron. That was fun. your problem with it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, I understand the the. I, I really, really don't get me wrong. I really, really like the um, the idea of the history of the Iron Fist character and seeing the other Iron Fists through time and that sort of thing. And I don't really, you know, know where best to put that in. But like in the pages of Mortal Iron Fist, like I've really liked the first six issues, and I want Danny Rand. Although you know? I think that's. I think they're going for this is what they're they're, they're not doing. It. A Danny Rand book. Doing yeah, they're going Fist for an Iron Fist. Fist. They're, yeah, they're exactly. Immortal. They're looking I mean. for an uh, epic feel. I didn't have a problem with the story. I didn't have a problem with showing an uh, an old Iron Fist. I didn't have any problem with any of that. I had a problem with the way the story was written. I didn't yeah. like that there was modern sensibilities in this old tale. Which the, the narrator was basically speaking sort well, of tongue-in-cheeky. He was yeah, winking a little bit. Was and, too, and and then, but then even the dialogue. There was dialogue between the Iron Fist character marries a fisherman and then there's like there's like silly modern marriage bickering in it which mm-hmm. doesn't make well, sense it's supposed the to be a, it's, it's, story. it's a time it's a dated you know and there's, mid, a, there's a time and place from postmodernism obviously with cr- the pick of the week but this within this reality it makes no sense yeah well i could understand which if it, i could understand if the narrator is uh, is now telling the tale of it Right. I could see it in that way, and it didn't bother me that much. I mean, it didn't bother me nearly as much as the villain looking like Cobra Commander. Nice! <laughs> um, My voice is gone. The iFanboy party was a lot of fun, and if I were to talk in anything different than this sort of low voice I'm using now, my voice would be completely gone. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't hate it as much as Connor did, but I didn't love it as well, much as Josh did. I was kind of in the middle. Like the, yeah. I took, it took me out of it, you know, that, that's just can, annoying. Can we just follow a trend, and I'm sorry, but the coloring in this, again, was... Uh, I, it's again. It's like this is washed out. It just has a theme to it. I like the art. I just miss David Aja. I think he's one of the drawing the drawing points for me for that book. Is 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 the art? Um, now we're gonna flip and go Batman six six six, which I loved and Josh did not. I didn't get it. Which is interesting. I didn't read it, so I don't care. But it was interesting because it was similar to it was similar to Iron Fist in that it was a, a story out of continuity, out of time. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell us what it is? Well, this is the culmination of. Um, Grant Morrison's intended uh, quest on this book to 
recapture the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams time of Batman where you weren't necessarily modern comics are very very stuck on continuity everything has to be in continuity everything has to follow a straight line back then they could do whatever they wanted if they wanted to tell a story uh, in the future they do that in the past there was a story where Batman and Robin walked through a fog and ended up in the past and watched the murders happen you know I had to let it happen you know it was, it was a good issue because Batman had to choose to let his parents die again rather than, than not become Batman so um, this was like that this was a story of Batman's Batman's bastard child Damien that he had with Talia Al Ghul bastard and that was ex- I know it's the word no no explored <laughs> explored in a few issue, arcs ago which and then sort of dropped and disappeared um, this is the tale of somehow he's, he's Robin and then Batman dies and he becomes Batman and this is the sort of him claiming the mantle of Batman in the future with a police commissioner Barbara Gordon and um, and a really high collar high collar and kind of a pirate a Middle Eastern yeah. pirate kind of outfit yeah if you haven't I mean it, it, um, I think Adam Kubert was on pe- is on pencils for this issue and, and it really made me remember what was so great about Kubert oh, Andy I'm sorry Andy Kubert's art um, straight that um, that really made them miss them from the work that they're doing in Marvel although towards the end of that Marvel run it was getting kind of tired but here you could really see like the energy behind the pencils and the excitement and so it's kind of cool to see I didn't again I didn't read the book I just flipped through it though so I think it's just a lot of fun I um, I think the thing about this was it doesn't bother me that it was out of continuity. I don't care about that. I think I actually had a little trouble following the story and what was on. And they were trying to – there was this whole like Satan because it's issue 666 and, and like the villain. I just didn't know who anybody was or what was going on a little bit. I think it was a little too out there. I think it was an, another example of the Grant Morrison just saying, well, let's try this. And I love that he tries this. But for me, this didn't work. And I, I – you know, I, I, I feel like it's been actually such a long time since we've had Kubert and, and Grant on the book. I don't know if that's even true, but well, it feels en- like enjoy it. Enjoy it because next month is J.H. Williams. It, on Is the art? Yes. Well, that's all right by me. All Shit. Right. <laughs> um, I, just, I just wanted them to I, – I think I, I wanted them to get on with the story just like you guys were saying with the other one, I think. Right. So we can we – can, we can, uh, Agree to disagree on these two books. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. It's a live show. Yeah. Huge fight. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of slapping. I punched him. Um, and then he cried. But then I felt bad. And then he kicked me in the nuts. It was all a big faint. It was really kind of it was, it was kind of sad. I, I, fight, I fight dirty. I'd actually yeah. rubbed my fingernails in the dirt. Yeah. I learned from Warren Ellis uh, beforehand. <laughs> and uh, Connor spent most of last yeah. night in the hospital. Nice. Uh, yeah, the bills are like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> there goes our budget. Um, so yeah, so uh, so it was funny because we're here in San Diego, and a year ago in San Diego last year, there was a big announcement at Marvel that Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianchi would Ooh, be we had never heard of exactly it would be working on Wolverine. There was lots of ooing and aahing at the time. Yeah, there was, and and okay, that's good. I, for them. I guess we were out of it, and we just like oh Bianchi, it's the guy none of us knew about. Yeah. So um, it felt kind of like a non-announcement to me, but but the the, the bigger deal with the announcement was that they were going to um, uh, finally resolve the Wolverine Sabretooth conflict. And with this issue now, one year later, it's uh, been an entire year of them fighting on Wolverine number fifty-five. There's been it's been Wolverine chasing Sabretooth and Cat and Mouse, and a lot of costume changes and things like that. And essentially, um, Wolverine killed Sabretooth. He uh, cut his head off, cut his leg, cut his arm off, and cut his head off. And and and, and Wolverine was fighting with a sword, with a sword that that nullifies the healing factor. It's, just, oh, it's, a, it's it's a sword. It's a sword. It's a Japanese samurai sword that nullifies the healing factor that Wolverine had given to Cyclops in case Wolverine ever lost it. 
And it's so, like, and it's so, like Batman's kryptonite ring for Superman. Exactly. So he went to Cyclops and said, "Hey, listen, I need to put down Sabretooth. Give me the sword." Did, did that sword exist before this story? Um, if it did, I don't recall. That, that means it doesn't. Cause yeah. You would, you so, would know. so yeah. okay. This is a, a and Deus Ex Machina. And there'll be there's a great moment um, in the beginning when Wolverine is in the narration is kind of summing up Scott Summers' Cyclops, and I thought you'd enjoy it when he says, you know, Scott, Scott Summers, Cyclops, leader of the X Men. In some ways, he is the X Men. On any given day, he's either a douche, he's either a douchebag, or he's got a bigger brass ones than anyone I've ever met. So we actually have uh, Cyclops referred know, to as a douchebag. Have that kind of language, Mister. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so it's good to see the, the it's good to see the story end because God was it dragging well, it was tw- entire year of entire fight. year of no, bat. What was the what did the story end up being? It's uh, it was a lot of cat and mouse. For some reason, Sabretooth starts you know start something was happening with Sabretooth and Wolverine was tracking it down. And turns out he finds out that um, they're, they're not related. They're not related. He's not his father. He's not his brother. He's not his son. None of those relations. But turns out that he's a detective in a town. Where he fights power crimes. What? He's Christian Walker. No, no, it's not. What happens is is that although it's close, what happens is that apparently Wolverine, Sabretooth, Wildchild, um, Sasquatch from Alpha Flight, Feral, Thorn, all of the kind of cat-like, feral-like mutants apparently are all except the Beast are all descendants going back to the time of Romulus, uh, the the Romulus Roman, Remus? yeah, the 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 Roman wolf, whatever thing. So. <laughs> It's some, of Romulus. some bizarre connection to evolution this the beginning like of time. This is like that awful spider totem storyline. Yes, yeah, exactly. Why are they doing this? I don't know. I, I, I heard this, and I was like, well, that's Powers. And then you just told me about the sword, and I was like, well, that's, that's Batman and Superman. And it's just – you meant, you said what the story was, and I was like, that's it? Because Jeff Loeb's big thing, he was like, this is going to be the story. And it's like, no, all you did was end the saber tooth. Yeah, it was just, a, it was just a, a very weird rehashing of a lot of things that we've read before and is a convenient way to kill Sabretooth. Now, the rumor I've heard is that they're prepping his son from Origins to be the new Sabretooth. And I would not be surprised. And that would be bad yeah. news. Um, but so the other footnote on this is just that I just do not like Simone, Simone Bianchi's artwork um, on this book. Does that the, mean you're looking forward the, to Astonishing X-Men? The big announcement at the convention was that he'll be taking over Astonishing X-Men with Warren Ellis, um, which I, I'll still buy it, you know, because it's, you know, cause I, I bought Wolverine. I still, I'll but give it an issue or two. I'm, think, I'm just not, not not a big fan of just the way this stuff ends up looking and the kind of the photorealistic like, like painting. Realism, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Well, what about, so. You like Alex Ross. Well, yeah, but but it, it, because eh, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I do, but not everything. Like, I didn't like Justice. You know what I mean? Like, like in the context of Kingdom Come, it was perfect. Context of Marvels, it was perfect. You know, like, but in you know, kind of got kind of got tired. Well, you know, like the thing the thing that was weirded me out about this book, and I think that I think that they didn't expect uh, the Guggenheim Ramos. To be so popular? To be so popular. And then so, like, you did this great story. Maybe it wasn't popular. I don't even know. I just know that I thought it was really good, and a lot of people I talked to thought it was really good. But, like, then from that, they took a 180 from where that book was going. I dropped the book immediately. Well, they they took a 180 because they got the talent, you know, because Jeff Loeb came on and says, I'm going to do a Wolverine story. And so they, you know, put the brakes and give give Jeff Loeb the book, you know, and so. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It Well, well, yeah, but sometimes, you know. It's a sales thing. that, That reminds me very much of the Mark Wade. Ron Garney, Captain America. Where oh, they, yeah. They ripped them off for Rob Liefeld. And exactly. And then it was a disaster, and they brought them back, and it was yeah, never it as good again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so uh, also in the in, in the X in the X Men family of books, X Men number two uh, two hundred one came out this week, and it's the follow up issue um, after the big two hundredth issue uh, um, uh, with Mike Carey and Humberto Ramos continuing the return of the Marauders and them kicking the, uh, the X Men's ass. And I really liked X Men two hundred and two hundred one. Just kept the momentum going. Is this Carey too? Oh uh, yeah, Mike Carey. So are you, you know. are you are you now in the Carey camp? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, you're enjoying it now. You yeah, were, we're not before. Really. Yeah, no. No, exactly. I, I'm I'm surprised and I'm excited to see that it's it's so good. You were saying um, that you, you didn't think he could write X, but now I did. Now yeah, it's, is it turned the corner? Uh, it, I mean, it really has. And and do you I, think that has to do with the art? Uh, no, I think it has. I, the art helps. I really like Humberto Ramos, but I think it has a lot to do with the story, as opposed to trying to create some new mythos and some new creation of heroes and kind of really feeling kind of forced and tried and something like that. Admittedly, he's bringing back a a, um, a, a character from the past and the Marauders, and you know, not something terribly original. You, you like that when they do that? Well, you know, but I like it when it's done in a in a surprising and interesting way, and it's when it's written very well, where the characterizations aren't that far off, where it's not honestly, where it's not that hard to get. Because an X Men book, I don't, I don't really want to think that deeply. You know what I mean? Like right. it's you know like it's 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 rolling. But you yeah. like you like Claremont stuff, and I just looking at those pages makes me have to think uh, smoke pouring out of my ears. Why? I don't just remember they're very verbose. Oh, I didn't think so. But um, yeah, he's, he's verbose. Was he yeah, okay? So, yeah. At the time, he didn't feel like it. I'd read. But it, but anyway, but so so the Marauders are have, have kicked their asses. Um, Cannonball and Iceman are able to escape. Um, and basically Emma Frost took over Cannonball's body and made him escape to get away because she realized that they this wasn't just the only strike and that they were going to strike the mansion next and they had to get them to warn so them. So she hasn't turned Emma Frost. No, she Emma Frost has not turned. Well, Mystique no. did. Mystique did turn. they got to stop putting villains in the team. Yeah, well, that's what happens. you know. And they're like, oh, that's why she came here. You know, like, oh, well, yeah. That's... Shocker. Exactly. So now the Marauders have another team that um, striked against stru- – the, it, it ends with the issue with them striking at the, um, at the mansion, and this team's got – it looks like Exodus, uh, Random, who used to be in, in um, X Factor. Um, it's a sub- great name, by the way. <laughs> I don't know who the character is, but I can like just pick. He's him. great. He's like he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, and um, some of the mutant Liber- liberation front, some of the acolytes. So it looks like it's like a collection of all the little kind of crappy, you know, team villains that have been throughout the history are kind of banded together. And assumingly, Mister Sinister is the one that brought them together. And it's just fun. This is what the X Men is, is, and this is what it's, what makes it fun. And to the read, endangered so. species update is. Is that uh, Beast has come back from talking to the High Evolutionary, and he um, r- reported his up, you know, his progress to the rest of the team, and then he decides to go up to Canada because really everything lies into Weapon X, and everything goes through Weapon X. It's like the, the, ro- the road. Well, to it's funny because there's, at one point in the line, he says, "He said I had no idea that you know the biggest um, the biggest enemies of mutant kind would be ca- the Canadian government." Which is the hysterical concept, but um, and it ends with him confronting this person who the High Evolutionary um, had hinted to was one step ahead of him, and turns out it's the Dark Beast. So the Dark Beast is a character from from the Age of Apocalypse storyline who jumped the 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 alternate universe uh, oh. from the from the one where Apocalypse rules to our. And universe. he's got the goatee no, no, and eye patch. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, but it would be funny. He he, he swashbuckles with that with a with a sword. Yeah. That was Chad. Tad, uh, it's uh, Chad. Chad yeah. Gostel. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's not Hank. He's Frank. <laughs> Space Ghost's twin brother. Dark Beast. Frank. <laughs> Frank McCoy. So, but I enjoyed the X Men. So it was fun. Uh, so. Mighty Avengers. Mighty Avengers um, came out this week. I didn't realize how long it had been since the last issue, but um, but it was it was damn good. I know I'm 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 alone in that camp, but no, I I don't I don't think you're alone. I think the problem is. Is it's really good, but it's taking too long to come out, and it's really killing the story for me. It's like they've been they've been fighting they've been fighting Ultron for how many months now, and it's just nothing has happened. Right. Yeah, 
Well, well, in this one, I mean, th- this one stuff. Ha- I mean, stuff happens. Right. There's a big fight. Um, they the Iron Man Mark One that's supposed to come when Tony Stark dies. Cut, it was which a very was, cool moment which, when all the ar- armor was there, and I, I keep every time I see that old classic, you know, the yellow and red armor. That's the best ever. But the, I'm the, hoping the, that's going to be the per- you know to get rid of the Mecha suit and bring yeah. that back. But I what was not great about that fight was that Ares destroyed all that armor way too easily. No, but what was hysterical was the one moment when the old Mark One comes. He's like, "Hello, in the event of Tony Stark's death, I'm here to inform you." Funny, yeah. And Ares just cuts him in half and he's just like no it's evil and like, <laughs> no that um, was funny but yeah. it's just like how formidable is Iron Man if Ares can destroy all of that and armor he's a god yeah. well, he's Thor light I, mean, I believe someone called him the, the, yeah the, the, in the thought balloon actually yeah. Yeah, Thor wannabe um, but the thing is I don't know much about Ares so I don't really understand yeah, the extent funny. of his power like and stuff like that yeah. Bennett has uh, a good handle on him I mean it, Mighty Avengers has been fun Frank Cho's art's awesome no, it, and it, that's not the problem the problem is that it's just it's like this story should have ended New, if it's if all right, New Avengers and Mighty Avengers come out of Civil War, and they're supposed to be the opposite teams, yeah. New Avengers has had how many issues? This is like this is like the same day. It's like the day after Civil War. Yeah, the, the New Avengers has moved on, and and I really want Mighty Avengers to get pulled into the scroll thing, which I know right, they will but eventually. Now we're like but three now. years from that happening, but right. the way their issues are coming yeah. out, you know. So yeah. whatever. Um, Josh's new favorite book. Ah, uh, Fear Agent. Fear Agent is the is the is the great book that I we all were like. What, how did we miss this? Connie, you even bought it. I We were prodded to buy this by um, our users, our listeners, and I bought the first trade about a year ago, read a half of it, put it down for some reason, never picked it back up, um, didn't dislike it, just had no desire to finish it for some reason. And then I, when I went back and reread it all at once, I thought, wow, this was really fun. This was really good. I don't know why. I don't know why the first time I, I didn't finish. And then it. I, I, when we were in North Carolina, I, your trade was lying around, I think, yeah. and I picked it up and read through it, and I was just, I think we said this before when I talked. I was just floored. I was like, this yeah. was so much fun, and and so now, basically, the first issue, find the first sort of, there's three. Well, what's the new title of the book? It's the, 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 the current uh, arc is uh, called the Last Goodbye. He's doing it in little. Little blips. I think the first one was four issues, and that's a trade. And then the second one was four. So I've read the first one, not the second. But the third one that's coming out currently, we're on the second issue, is taking you back before the first issue. Uh, Heath Houston is a truck driver, and uh, when we first meet him, he's an alien hunter. And here we find out why. Um, where the other ones were space oh, adventure. Not, not why, but how. Yeah, well, sort of what it, where he came this is, from. This is, like a, this is like a prequel to the to the Dark Horse series. Yes, yeah, the Image series. Oh, the Image series. Uh, I mean. We basically we see him at the very beginning on Earth with his happy family and everything's okay, and then aliens, that's not going to go well. Aliens invade and all hell breaks loose, and then this is sort of the aftermath of that, and we're going to find out how he gets off of Earth and and ends up being a spaceman and and doing all sorts of stuff. This is a war comic. Um, is it's how it's described as opposed to the others, which is more like space adventure. Ron, you described the cover for the next issue as, as how. Yeah, the cover the cover looked like you, if you showed me that cover and said it was a new Sergeant Rock issue of the next issue uh, right, of the next issue of Fury Agent, I would believe you. Yeah, I mean, he's like using looked, with like a green. You know, the green yeah, with the, with the helmet, there. with the cigarette coming out of his mouth, and of course somebody getting shot with a laser beam. <laughs> but still, it's it's very much war it's war awesome comic. I don't think I saw that part. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, Remender is really playing the genre aspect of it, and and well, the, ha- well the first. The 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 image series was very much like an old fifties space yeah sci-fi, space, sci-fi. yeah but modern but modern that it didn't feel too throwbacky it was still exciting is this the same or is it, is it all is it more warlike well it's more warlike I mean right now honestly and, and Josh was was laughing about this because um, on pencils is uh, Tony Moore. Tony Moore, who's who's a, a hero of mine at this point. I love what he touches. Right, and and he is famous from his work on Walking Dead. Right, and at this point right now, it's it, it, it the similarity of both the art and the situation in that they're a bunch of.
bunch of survivors stuck on Earth, and they're people that they got to stay inside to stay away from. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be aliens instead of zombies. And the main character's all haggard and unshaven. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and an ex cop, they meet a cop, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But I think that's coincidental and, and just more because of the art is suggestive of that. Um, but well, I imagine. zombie show up, and that throws everything off. Yeah, but. Um, no zombie show up. No zombies, aliens. But so in the next issue, it looks like it really gets down and dirty to the war, and that's when we'll get to the, you know, the fighting. You know, what's fun in this one is that basically, like, we come in and it's right after the initial attack has taken place and some shit goes down and blah, 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 and they find a shelter. You turn it, it's a black page. Three months pass. You come, the next page, all of the same characters that you've seen on the page before are three months more haggard. They've got bushy <laughs> hair and beards, and it's just like, and it's just like it was a fun bit of character design. Yeah. Uh, this book is just pure fun, and, and you should go and get those trades uh, soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we can't recommend Fury more enough. I mean, it's just a lot of fun to read, and it's just I've got that what, second uh, image trade, you guys. Yeah, no, I need to get that from you. Um, but yeah, it's what comics can and should be. Yeah, so absolutely. it's really good. So there's a lot of that this week. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was a good week. I mean, nothing, nothing really amazing. Nothing really, you know, like that that knocked me off my shocks. I, honestly, I don't even know what my pick would be because I'm so tired right now. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean it was a, it was a good fun. You know, week. the weird thing about the, the reading is we did the reading by the pool, and about halfway through the read, I, I knew it was going to be a good week because I was ready to go out to the pool. Yeah, I was yeah. like, all right. It was very hot, so. But it was just like I wanted to get in the pool more than I wanted to keep reading. Oh, and that's a poor me! I wanted to <laughs> twim. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Keep bringing another beating to you. So we've been we've been the past couple of days we've been here in San Diego at the convention. It's been a lot of fun. And as we mentioned before, we we had a, a take one of this show um, earlier in the week, and we just want to thank everybody who came out yeah, to see crowd. that. Everybody came. We had a bunch of people come up and ask listener questions, and there was there was really good questions there. Yes. And I think Jonathan London from Geekscape came on did a little segment mm-hmm. with us and. And uh, thank you all, and we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry that, the, unfortunately, the recording didn't come out, but um, a bunch of folks from the boards, from the forums yeah, were there, there, and it was very, very cool. Everybody so. on the patio was there inadvertently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we think we ruined somebody's comic books that just come out to eat lunch. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, actually, let's just take a second. We've met a ton of people at the show. Um, and everybody's been really gracious and cool and coming up and t- to us and telling us they like the show and, yeah. you know, people have been We had, we had the like iFanboy uh, to- Totally Rad Show party last night, and there's a lot of people we met um, came out, and we had a really, really good time. We thank everybody who li- who came out and said hi and partied with us, and we had it was a blast. You know, we all the, had a great time. The guys from from the Totally Rad Show uh, were really cool to hang out with, and everybody got to hang out with them together, and, you know, they like the show, and we like their show. And so if you haven't checked that show out, you definitely should. Uh, you know, beyond comics, they do you know TV, movies, pop culture, video games, stuff like that. Um, what Good else? Stuff, My yeah. mind is mush. Yeah, yeah. So, we got shirts in finally. iFanboy t-shirts are available at jinx.com slash iFanboy j i n x, and we sold a bunch of people. Yep. Um, we saw was, actually some people wearing around the con today, which, which is, is really very cool. Very yeah, very very cool. Yeah, so go to jinx.com slash iFanboy, get your shirt today, and join the iFanboy faithful. And um, it was a long wait, but we're happy to finally give that to you. Yep. So. And uh, this is normally the part where we do some other stuff, but this is an abbreviated con special. And uh, So we're going to get some barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so if you, uh, if you want to send us so an, atypical. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at contact at ifanboy.com with questions or comments or whatever you feel like. Right and if now. it was a regular week, then uh, you could send us a voicemail, and we can answer that on here. And that number is 888-FANBOYS, which is 888-326-2697. Bingo. 
And um, don't forget to head over to ifanboy.com or over to uh, revision3.com slash ifanboy to check out our video show that comes out every Wednesday. Um, uh, last week we were going into we the vaults. Yeah. Yeah, some, and next week we got um, some interesting um, – It's an 80s flashback yeah, show. Some, yeah, it's a good time. They're singing, so. They're singing yeah. in that one. <laughs> uh, we also want to take the time to uh, thank our sponsors for this show. It's Jim Hanley's Universe, uh, which is a fantastic comic shop located in New York City, uh, both in Midtown on Staten Island. Uh, it's on on 33rd and 5th uh, in New York City and on New Dorp Lane in, in, in Staten Island. Uh, they've just got every comic book, indie, mainstream, or otherwise you could ever want. If you've ever wanted, you know, if there's anything you've been looking for that you can't find, you can you can contact them at jhuniverse.com um, and, and they can get it to you. Or you can uh, go to myspace.com slash jhuniverse and friend them. Uh, they, they, we, would, we would very much appreciate that. Um, and if you go into the store, tell them my fanboy sent you. Yeah. Um, there's also Netflix.com, which if you like movies, you can check out www.netflix.com slash iFanboy. You go there, and you can get a two-week free trial. They send you movies. You make a list. They send them to you right in your mail. You watch them, send them back. No late fees. Shipping is free. Keep them as long as you want. You can have plans starting as low as four ninety nine and up. They just lowered the rates, which was pretty cool. Man. I got a dollar back. <laughs> And finally, um, you know, after all this comic book talking and the San Diego convention, you might want some new comic books. So you can go to comichole.com, and that, that's where you can order your comics online. Um, they got a great selection from all the major publishers, and they do shipping uh, really nicely so your comics don't get fucked up in the mail. And it's, it's, it's good. It works. Comichole.com, so. where your comics don't get fucked up in the mail. It's <laughs> a good slogan. So, All right. So, um, all right, cool. So, so, again, we apologize for the technical difficulties with our live show. Yeah, we're so bummed. Um, but stay tuned, and maybe there will be another live show in the future that some folks could go to, and we won't screw up that time. Um, who knows? You never know what will happen. And um, it's, it's a wonder we haven't lost more of these. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, I was like, you know what? We had that coming. I think, <laughs> I think that's completely valid. So um, so until then, we're going to try to get back to uh, the East Coast from San Diego and survive the last couple days of the con. Um, until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh, even though I don't sound like me. Hey, hello, Gordon. I'm Gordon, the intern. Gordon's been here meticulously um, transcribing this entire podcast. So. His fingers are bleeding. <laughs> I'm doing a woodcut. <laughs> <laughs>